Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Every snap is an interview. After the snap. What a snap. Hey, keep your mouth shut, 50! I lead by example. With Blake and Reed Ferguson discussing life in, out, and after football. To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship, uh, it couldn't be any better. Yeah! Well, you can take this boy out the real sound, but you can't take the real sound out of my voice. And now here we go again, twist a little bit of teeth. We are back. Training camp update number two. This is After the Snap. I am your co-host, Blake Ferguson. I'm here with my brother, Reed. The best podcasting long snappers in the entire NFL. Reed, what is going on, bro there? It's going to be real hard for me to say I'm in any kind of bad mood because you want to know how cold – well, I say how cold. You want to know what the temperature was when I woke up this morning? Cold. 55. That's just rude. It's August 4th. You live in Miami full-time. I live in Buffalo most of the time. It's 55 degrees on the morning, a week into training camp. I'm so. I'm I actually. Left the, I left the house with flip flops on, flip flops, shorts, and a t-shirt, and I was chilly. So, do you know what I do in South Florida when we practice? I uh, sweat. I bring lot. an extra. I bring an extra shirt out to the practice field because I have to switch mid practice. It's. I believe that, it. It is that. Humid outside. I believe it. I went I through that. today at practice. I went through five quarterback towels. I also believe that. And I'm because also Matt told me that. And I'm also sunburnt. So that's yeah, how my, I'm doing. my my noggin's a little red, but that's going to happen to you when you spend the winter in Buffalo for the off season. So I uh, need to need to get my need to get my sun on. Like Andy Bernard. Well, we also have a big day. Yesterday was our first day in pads. Did y'all start pads yesterday too? We did. That is like one baby step towards real football. And yeah, I agree. So we are now five days away. When this releases, we will be one, two, three, four. We're four days, four and a half days away from real football on television. Pat- Is that? Uh, are you referring to the Hall of Fame game? Yes, and I don't know why I just almost said Patriots, but I did. It's the Buccaneers, Tom Brady's Buccaneers, not the Patriots. Tom Brady's Buccaneers versus the Dallas Cowboys. Who are on? I think the Steelers were playing in that game. Oh my gosh! I'm such an idiot. I'm such an idiot. I'm totally flubbing this whole podcast. There's football tomorrow. It's the Cowboys and the Steelers. Don't cut that. (laughs) 
I have to say, I know Pittsburgh is playing in the Hall of Fame game. I'm looking at the Yahoo Sports app, and it I had it on pr- uh, regular season week one. The, oh, okay. Buc- the Buccaneers, I'm tripping. Like you are tripping. I, it's I, all right. this is the most I've prepared for a podcast in the notes in the fifteen in the fifteen weeks that we've been doing this, and here yes. I am. Can't attest. Maybe I should just. I'm better off just winging it sometimes. Wow. You know who? You know who's also tripping? Who? People that put pineapple on pizza. Are you serious? Kinda. I think people. I like, I like pineapple people, on pizza. People think that people that ha- you do pineapple on pizza are tripping. I personally am a fan of ham and pineapple. I too am a fan of pineapple on pizza. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. Is there any so so Erica and I made we made homemade pizzas for dinner tonight. Okay. Got all the ingredients. Didn't make didn't do homemade dough. I would love to do that sometime. But not, not worth the time or effort. Okay, fair enough. Uh, a lady at our facility up in the cafeteria today told me all about her uh, wood. It's like all the rage right now, like the wood, the home wood fire grills, the pizza oven, the wood fire pizza ovens. Is, they're like a couple hundred bucks. You can get them. They're really nice. Anyway, she got one. She was telling me all about it. She said it's the greatest thing ever. But she also said that she made the pizza herself. Like she made everything, made the pizza dough herself. And she said it was awesome. So I've got some conflicting arguments there. But is there anything that you wouldn't eat on a pizza? Because I was thinking of like some of the ingredients. Like Erica is very veggie oriented with her pizza. I'm more of like the meat lovers. So I went like pep, bacon, chicken, like that that style. She was like, it looked like she had a salad on a pizza. And I'm like, you're doing it all wrong. That's what not would what you pizza need? was founded upon. Guaranteed. Right. Is there anything um, you wouldn't like? Like I don't know how I'm fr- if I'm phrasing the question right. What would I pick off my pizza? Yes. Two things. Number one, okay. olives. I don't do That's any. My, that was my number one. I don't do any type of olives anywhere on any type of dish. I don't do martinis. I just don't bring. Don't put an olive in front of me because I will probably throw it at you. Number two is and. I don't know that I've ever had it on pizza other than at one specific place that we used to go growing up at Little Azio, cilantro. They used to put yeah. cilantro on their barbecue chicken pizza, and I hated it. And I would always ask for it. You and dad are not friends. I, I would ask for no cilantro, and sometimes it still ended up with cilantro on it. I don't know why that ended up on pizza because I've I've historically to me that's always been like a Latin food addition. Those are the two things: olives and cilantro. Those are also the only two things that I won't eat at all. I will eat. I will try slash eat anything else you put in front of me except olives or cilantro. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on olives, but the the number two thing was like a bell pepper. See, so a lot of people like bell peppers because the t- like I get it. I just don't like pizza. I don't do the crunch. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't hate bell peppers enough to pick it off if it's on. If it, I somehow... eat a bell pepper on something else, on a salad if it's sliced or whatever, chopped up in a pasta or or whatever sausage casserole. But on the pizza, what do we say growing up? Nobody likes crunchy pudding. Yeah, get smart quote. Right, it's like yeah, right. They the get smart quote. Yeah. I don't like crunchy pizza. Yeah, I would agree. Anyway, Chris, what do you think? If there's anything that I want away from my pizza, it's going to be pineapple. Get it away from my pizza. I knew it. I knew we had one non-believer here. And, you know, I'm not surprised. But I am disappointed. Chris, how many times have you tried it? Once? Like yeah, you, once. Or you, try, you at least tried it. Once. Once is enough. I will tell you the other day, last week, I did go to Wegmans and I did get a frozen pizza and I specifically chose the meat lovers. Yes. Give me the sausage, the pepperoni, give me the ham, all of the meats on my pizza. Well, speaking of things that are Italian, let's talk about the guy who won the 100 meter who was from Italy. First timer, right? First time. An Italian has ever won the 100 meter dash. I think I think that's the first time an Italian has ever medaled in the 100 meter dash. Yes, you're right. Yes, yes. Uh, Lamont Marcel Jacobs, who is uh, technically an Italian uh, track and field sprinter and long jumper, um, won the 100 meter dash. He is from El Paso, Texas. However, I was about to say, why did you say technically? But he I knew is he had of some... he and and that's that's very common. A lot of he's, uh, so he's Italian American, or he has like some kind of dual citizenship. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure his official background. Uh, however, I do know that he grew up here and uh, that he, you know, just represents the country of Italy for uh, track and field. Yes, very cool. But, um, as far as an Olympics update, the USA, uh, as of 9 p.m. starting tonight's Olympics, um, live Olympics on Wednesday, August 4th, USA leads the overall medal count 79 to 70 over China. However, China leads what is most important, which is the gold medal count. In my opinion, the most important. It's probably not actually the most important. They lead the gold medal count 32 to 25. So we're up nine overall. However, China leads uh, the gold medals by seven overall. So um, so when you I'm – I'm a little bit of an Olympics noob. Okay. When you say 79 to 70, Yep. does that mean – we have won 79 medals? Correct. We've won 79 medals, bronze, silver, or gold in all of the different events that, that our country has participated in. Just this year? Just this Olympics, yes. And who has 70? China. It's always it's it's historically it is usually between us and China. Because we're okay, I was gonna say we're the countries we're the countries that bring the most Olympians to participate in the Olympics. We have okay. the most people qualify for all of the different sports 
you know, there's countries like a country like Nigeria, oh, like Germany or people well, like that. Correct. Like, but you think it, about like, Italy, exactly. Like Italy has one medal. A, no, uh, they would have more than that, but those are just the top two the, we're leading. Got and it. the next That's closest is at That's seven. Correct. The next closest so is 33 more. Um, we have 33 more medals up for grabs starting tonight. And uh, so that would be if we took all of those medals, that's a potential for what, 112? And so there's 11 events left. Um, Is that what that means? 33 medals? I would, yeah. Gold, silver, bronze. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure I'm on board. No, I I don't think that's 11. I don't think that's 11. I think it's 33 different events that we could medal in, whether it's bronze, silver, or gold. It doesn't matter. And then, so then China. I don't know. I mean, once I saw badminton and. There's doubles badminton. Like water polo. Like uh, there's, there could be 5,000 medals up for grabs. I'd be like, okay. Yeah, there's a ton. That sounds about right. There's a ton. And there's also a ton of different variations of them because there's singles badminton. There's doubles badminton. There's 100 meter, 200 meter, 400 meter, 800 meter. Exactly. You know, relay, all that kind of stuff. So, okay. So hurdles. I I get it. I get that part. That's that that makes more sense now. So my question for you is if you were to be able to participate in the Olympics and be a medalist, meaning that you're pretty freaking good, what sport would you be participating in? So the question is not what I could meddle in right now. No. It's if you it's could what would I want to meddle in? Yes. What would you want to walk around Sure. What would you want to walk around Alpharetta, Georgia saying that you meddled in at the Olympics? So I think well if if I'm going Alpharetta, it's probably like golf. But golf was my You're just trying to fit in. <laughs> golf was my I had two answers. Okay. So if I'm going for like the fun part, like having a good time, enjoying myself, being competitive, like getting the juices flowing, golf, I think, was my answer. All right. If I wanted to be known for being like in great shape, like, wow, you meddled in that. That's hard. Yeah. Like that's hard. What sport? Uh, Probably water polo. Ooh. Because you're sitting there treading water. For I don't know how a they do it. Long time. I don't know how they do it. I I think it would be. I think it would be even harder to be a goalkeeper in water polo. Because I mean, I'm sure it's hard, like swimming up and down the the pool to like as like a actual field player, but sitting there treading water for. Who knows how long? And then trying to jump up out of the water to save a ball. I props, mad props. I think for me, it would be probably the dressage. I have no idea what that, that is. That is the it is a new sport to the Olympics. I'm, I'm Googling as you're talking. It is the art of equestrian dancing. That's that's like my definition of it, but it is hilarious. And there's Wait, a how did you how did you pronounce it? It's I said dressage. Is that 
with a U? D-R-U-S-A-G-E, yeah. Okay, because it's spelled on Google as dressage. Oh, maybe I... Sp- as in dress- equestrian team dressage. Okay, well, I believe I've it's never heard of dressage. That. Anyway, okay. um, I clearly am no expert in the sport, but I did see a video of Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart um, commentating on various sports, various Olympic sports on like the NBC, uh, like alternate streaming channel. And they were talking about it. And I was really laughing hard because, uh, Snoop Dogg said that one of the horses was crip walking and he thought it was really, really entertaining. And that, that piqued my interest in the sport altogether. So it literally looks like, it literally looks like the horse is dancing, like, like sidestepping. So, um, that, that would probably be my sport that I went with. Chris, what what would you, are we we keeping this summer Olympics or, Olympics in general. No, summer just and just summer Olympics. When we get to the Winter Olympics, we'll we'll cross that bridge. Just summer Olympics. Because if you're including both, I'd immediately go curling. But oh yeah, I probably have to go water polo. That's fair. We're on the same page. So um, so what what was this? Uh, I I saw when you were putting together the notes, uh, you you input a little clip about a Belarusian sprinter. Can you? Yeah, and this is this is a headline Elaborate. that. This is a headline that I actually I totally missed this. I came across it um, yesterday, but apparently it's it's like an ongoing ordeal. Um, there is a sprinter from the country of Belarus who was ordered by her country's officials to leave the Olympics after she posted an Instagram video criticizing the Belaru- Belarusian. Belarusian, I don't know how you say it, uh, Olympic officials for the way that they were handling their like coordination of the Olympics. So basically what happened was there were some um, track and field Olympians for Belarus who ended up testing positive for performance enhancing drugs while they were in Tokyo. And so they threw this girl into the four by 400 meter relay, uh, an event that she had not trained for. And she was openly upset about it on her Instagram for them throwing her in there when she's, you know, she's not prepared to do this. And so the articles that I've come across have just called them Belarusian officials. They, so they, demanded that she come back to her country. However, she it's like a very authoritarian country and she's like I'm not going back there because I don't know what's going to happen to me. So she has left but she went to Poland and then so the 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 previous headline was that she was going to go to Poland and seek refuge there. However, she went through Poland and is now in Vienna, Austria where she is seeking refuge to stay there because she doesn't want to go back to her country. And if that's like the, if that's not like the most outlandish thing you've ever heard, I don't know what is because this is literally like celebrating 
representing your country and you're like fleeing, trying not to get arrested and potentially harmed or worse. My jaw is like on the floor. Yeah. Mine was too <clears throat> when I came across this. So she was like a sprint. Uh, so she's a sprinter. Um, yeah. She, so she was like a hundred meter dash. Yeah. I don't, I don't and basically know. got asked to be like the third leg on the four by four. Correct. Correct. She was asked to do something that she she's had, like, I've never done this before. Correct. She was asked to do something that she That's had crazy. not prepared for. And she was openly I mean, frustrated I mean, about it. And Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, I, I practice long snapping every week, but, uh, if they threw oh, you in at linebacker. Hey Reed, all of the, all the safeties tested positive for COVID. Hey, you mind playing free safety this week? You know, hey, no problem. Monday night football, you get out there. No problem. I'll be like, mm, yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. You got to tell me what to do. <laughs> I wouldn't be very good at it. It's insane because yeah, that's, that's pretty wild because that, originally, that originally she had refused to leave Tokyo. Like she wasn't going to leave. She was going to stay there and continue participating in whatever events she was there to participate in. Had but, she already done her sprinting? Like was she just there hanging out and they were like, Hey, you're still here. Why don't you run the four by four? I don't know. I guess so. Um, yeah, it's, that's wild. But the, it says that the coaching staff showed up to her hotel room and told her to pack up her bags and they like threw her in a car to go to the airport. Yeah, that's wild. She that was wild. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's that's where we're at uh, in 2021. The only thing that I can think of that's close to that is the guy that used to play f- uh, forward for the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, Ennis Cantor who I believe was from Turkey and he like can't go back to his country either. I don't know like what the situation is with him, but that's like the last one person that I can remember that had a situation like that. Chris, you look like you had something to say about it. I did. I was about to just Google uh, the Ennis Cantor situation. Yeah. See if you can, Yeah, I'm not too familiar. I, I remember seeing something about that maybe last year or 2019, but I can't, I don't recall what, uh, what kind what the details were. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not super it's not super important, but that's the only one that I can, like. I don't remember hearing about that you know regularly, so that's I don't know. It stuck out to me. But well, his, his Cantor's father was uh, charged as a member of a terrorist group and arrested in his homeland of Turkey. Well, and I think because of because of that, Cantor did not ever come back to Turkey. Because if he came back, he would have been arrested. Gotcha. Well, that clears things up. Goodness gracious. So, all right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Hard transition. Uh, yes. Circling back to, uh, yes, you guessed it. What we've covered for the past, I don't know, month and a half probably. The NIL stuff. There's a big, big, uh, big deal happening at LSU this last week. Blake, I know you're probably good buddies with him, but uh, Miles Brennan uh, had an unfortunate accident. It sounds like, uh, you know, right here before training camp. Uh, It sounds like he's going to be out for some part of the season. Do I have that right? Yeah, they've got to get surgery. He's not out for the year. Correct. 
They said they said out in, they said out indefinitely, <clears throat> and um, I I do know what happened, but I'm not at liberty to share uh, on our yeah. podcast what happened. No, it's um, no problem. But he, I I do know that he did have surgery because he tweeted about it. Um, surgery went really well. Thank y'all for all the prayers. God's got me. But you're right. That does bring up a big issue with NIL stuff because our brands, I mean, and that's, that's not just with him. That's with anybody. Our brands going to want to, you know, be supported by, or, you know, give money to a, a guy that's, or a player that's not making, making plays and not yep. participating on the field. So, yeah, I think what you're going to see if, and if these companies are smart already, but I would imagine written into these NIL contracts that they have to sign in, in, in terms of, you know, the, the advertising and what the marketing side of things, I, I, I think that the, I'd like to think that there's something written in there about an injury, but if there's not, there it, these contracts are the, these law, lawyers will start to make these contracts look similar to how NFL contracts look, where there's some kind of injury injury note in there where you yeah. you know you don't get paid as much, you know you you still get compensated because you're you can still market for that company, but. You know, if you think about Miles Brennan, if he balled out this year, sure, those companies would be getting, you know, 10 times, you know, what they paid in marketing value. But now that he's out for half the season, you know, they're they're not going to be getting what they may have thought they were, right? They, yeah. they may not be bringing in the business because he's not, you know, it's all, it, most of it is probably through social the social media stuff. Right. So he's not, yep. you know, he, he's, he's injured. Right. So he can, his page and his posts and whatnot are not getting as much clicks, viewership, attention, uh, which doesn't drive the numbers that, that some of these companies are, are, are technically paying for. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think that kind of brings in, you know, you know, that's, gosh, that's a, that's a tough deal because then you start getting into, well, are these companies tracking how long these players are out? You know, okay, well, you're supposed to be back this week. You know, we want you to come shoot a commercial. Well, I'm still hurt. Okay, well, how, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it kind of, that's a, that's a deep, that's a deep. It's a moving right target. There. Yeah, it's a moving, moving target, target for sure. Because there's so many different intricacies to it that on the on the outside, when you just like open it up to, you know, you open the floodgates for NIL are, are these kinds of things being considered? Are these things being considered when they're signing the, when they're signing the new F two fifty deal at the local Ford dealership that he just announced five days ago, is that being considered? And so, I don't. I mean, I, I have no idea because I I'm not that close with him. But I mean, I'd imagine that going forward there will be that kind of consideration. So absolutely, absolutely, yeah, I'm with you on that. But staying along the lines of college college sports and college athletics, uh, we have an update on the Texas Oklahoma 
uh, situation with the SEC. They've officially accepted their their invitation to join the SEC, which is is big news because officially that will make 16 teams. And they haven't really said how they will uh, split it up. If you know if somebody's going to move over to the East, if they're going to do like what they did with Missouri and just make one of the two new teams part of the quote unquote East side. Um, and so there, I'm sure there's a lot of different intricacies to plan out and, and coordinate, but that's, that's huge news. That's, I mean, that's two of the biggest brands in college sports joining the SEC. Like I was saying before, you know, half that, basically half of the big 12 money is, is going to be gone. If they're even of, able to, if they're even able to stick to, together to, to stay together right I mean, I mean like you said two two of the biggest names brands in college football uh texas you know longer than oklahoma but oklahoma as of late with a couple of the big time quarterbacks they've had come through there <laughs> that's 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 tough tough for the tough look for the big 12 they're gonna be they're gonna be riding the coattails of Northwestern here soon. Yeah, and I I don't know I haven't checked back on where the uh, ESPN Big Twelve Commissioner President. I think that feud. I, I I remember you bringing that up. Uh, ESPN released a statement the next day. I saw that, that. kind of defu- that kind of refuted all of those claims. Yeah, and I haven't seen anything as that. So I think it was a little bit of a hey. Any funny business going on? And ESPN was like, "Nope, screw that." Yeah, and that's and that's what which I had they, seen which too. Which they have the money to do that. They have the money. I mean, they, even if the Big Twelve, even if whatever his name was, Big Twelve Commissioner wanted to start something, ESPN and the law and their lawyers could easily knock it down. So, yeah. I, you know, like you talked about last week, I didn't really think it was my, that that big of that big of an issue. I didn't think that they. they I think when you mentioned it, I said they're going to have to have some concrete evidence, yeah. right? Some kind of smoking gun here where it's like, here, I've got a recording of this guy saying this on this phone call. Yeah. But they don't have that. So, yeah. Also, another headline from this sort of same situation came across earlier this week with uh, rumors of potentially Clemson and Florida State seeking entrance into the sec as well it was claimed to be rumor um however texas oklahoma joining the sec was also claimed to be rumor uh when that first came out so i don't know but if anybody wants to give us credit for calling it when it happens we called it so we've got some somebody in the in the acc office they're listening to our podcast. They're listening to the pod. Do you think we that- got people on the inside? I was just going to ask, what does this do for conference alignment as a whole? If you're going to get Clemson and FSU into the SEC along with Oklahoma, Texas, is this just not ruin the conferences as a whole? I could well, see that SEC is basically going to be 18. Well, it's going to be 16 after Texas and Oklahoma. It would be 18 if Florida State and Clemson joined. Is that right, Blake? Yeah, Florida State and Clemson joined. That would make 18. 18, right. So that's basically some kind of, you know, 
I, a quote on air quotes super conference, right? So you've got the AAC, you've got the ACC. You know, the I could I could see those teams joining in making something. I could see the Pac-12 and some of the Big 12 teams conjoining. You know, what does the Big 10 do? What does Ohio State do? What does Michigan do? Because they're seeing the money signs of Oklahoma, Texas, Florida State, and Clemson, right? Are they going to want – would they want to be in a super conference with all of these teams? Probably not. They, they probably want to headline their own deal. Michigan doesn't so want maybe the, the Big anywhere. Ten. Maybe the Big Ten incorporates half of the Big Twelve, half of the Big Twelve teams, and the other half joins a Pac Twelve. Then you've got the AAC and the ACC. Maybe they can join. Now you've got what is that? Four, four mega conferences. Yeah, I could I see mean, it. that's that. I don't think we're that far from that. I could see it even think, dwindling down to three, and just having like, you know. I don't know what there is. There's power, so power five. You average what twelve teams a conference. That's uh, sixty teams overall. That's I mean I could see I could see three conferences of twenty teams basically becoming three big super conferences, and the SEC would still reign supreme because they always will and. The teams in the southeast not are just even a, too strong athletically, but well, that's what I'm saying. If if that's you I have, I mean, if you have Texas and Oklahoma, I mean, that's not re- geographically the like southeast, but you can, I mean, you can kind of group them together. It's not like a you know a Washington or an Oregon or an Ohio State where it's like a, a large difference, but. I mean, they're, right. Well, they're, that's what I said last week. I mean, the SEC once Texas and Oklahoma join, and if they get Florida State and Clemson, it's I over. think while it's while you're not going to have the SEC, right? It's going to be called, be something, called else. something else for sure, for sure. Right. But so I, I could see, and and this was something that I was talking about with um, Kylie and Caleb earlier this week. Shout out the Miami boys. Um, I could see the I could see the SEC becoming a twenty plus team league, and basically them saying, you know, screw the NCAA, screw everybody else. We're creating our own version of the NCAA, and we're going to have all the TV, you know, rights because everybody wants to watch us anyway. I don't yeah, know if that'll take happen. Your, take your playoff. Have right. fun with your playoff. We're going to have our own title game. Exactly. And that would, I mean, I mean effectively, that, with the NAL stuff, the NCAA is basically becoming a moot point, right? Exactly. That's a good point. I see where you're going there. I could see them doing that. I could see it also just becoming, you know, three or four big super conferences. But it'll be interesting to see as this progresses towards 2025 here soon. You want to drink some beer? Lord, beer me strength. Bros and Brews Beer Reviews. Bros and Brews Beer Reviews. <laughs> um, okay, I read. I got to let you know, full disclosure, this is a big week for me on the beer review. Uh-oh. Because... Are you... Okay, let me ask. Are you... 
Did you finally put the ones from Smyrna in the fridge? Yes. So this is not the this is not the beer that was sent from Massachusetts or wherever that was sent to me from. This is so this is from Treehouse. Um no. Not Treehouse was Oh, Treehouse. Gotcha. This is from uh, from Brian. This is from the uh, Smyrna Beer Market, or uh, what's it called? The anyway, yeah, the, the, the Stout beer, Brothers, the Stout Brothers, the beer market there. Um, and so I walked in there after having heard your high recommendation of them. And I asked the lady, I said, okay, if there's one beer that I have to leave here with today, what is it? And this is the beer that she gave me. It is called, it is, first of all, it's from Grumpy Old Men Brewing in Lawrenceville, Georgia. And it is called Chaco Blanco. It is a wheat ale with natural flavoring, 6.1% alk. And this is a big week for me because I don't normally do like the chocolate beers, the coffee beers, the milk stouts, the that's not really my go-to, but she recommended it and I said earlier in this podcast that there's not a whole lot that I won't try. So, here goes. Three, two, one. Great pop. It's been a little while since I've done a beer review on here, so uh, it's it's nice to be back. Here we go. Ooh, that's actually... So, okay. I was anticipating not liking this. I won't lie to you. I, I was anticipating taking a sip and being like, mm, that was not good. But I will say that I will likely finish this beer because it's it is a wheat ale, so it's a wheat that is it's really smooth and it's just has a little hint of chocolate in it. It's not like overpowering like dark beer chocolate flavor. So it's really good. I um is it like a LaCroix hint or is it like a bubbly it's, hint. It's like I've taken one sip and I'm like, I can still taste like chocolate in my mouth. Like it's got a chocolate okay. aftertaste and it's, <laughs> that's the only way I can describe it. It is very good. Um, but this is my first time ever doing this on our uh, podcast and I approve. It's, it's, it is quality. As Michael Scott would say, it has an oaky afterbirth. It's got a it's got a Hershey afterbirth. As far as a snaposity score for this one, I'm gonna give it a seven point three. And I feel like that's, that's pretty strong for a beer you expected not to like. Yeah, no, it is good. It's a good beer. I I will say that it is a quality beer, and it's not overpowering, which is what I like. It's it's not like man, I, that's you know, you take two sips and you're like, wow, that has good flavor, but you just like you're like, I can't finish this. 
this one I would be able to I would be able to drink this one and potentially one more. It's it's good. Nice. What you got? I have a double dry hopped double IPA. Oh, you know I love I a know. double IPA. It's a, it's a it's a very strong one. Uh, I I I like you got a wide variety from Stout Brothers in Smyrna uh, before I headed back to Buffalo for camp. Uh, I think I got four four packs. So, I, but but it's they're all different. So I wanted to get a, a great variety because I knew I wouldn't be back for a while. So this one is called Hydrus from Two Tides Brewing Company in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, so very cool, um, very kind of what, what's the word I'm thinking of? It looks like a kaleidoscope kind of Ooh. very exotic uh, can labeling. So uh, very cool. Yeah, double Which- IPA like I said. I feel like can labeling is very underrated aspect of beer of selling beer, and I don't want to it get is. off on a I super mean, big. A, when you're going into Stout Brothers, what gets your attention? Exactly, I don't want to go off on a super big tangent about this because I want you to finish your beer review. But I think that that's really important uh, because that's it is. I, that's obviously what there catches are, your attention. I have seen boring labels, and I'm like, okay. That's a uh, tropical IPA, which I would drink normally, but your label's boring. Yeah. So I went to the next one. It's like a cereal box. That's just how it is. The grocery store. If it doesn't yep. catch your attention, I'm probably not going to buy it. That's right. So anyway, Two Tides Brewing Company in Savannah, Georgia. So eight and a half percent. So it's pretty strong. So, um, you know. Being honest, I have been drinking this most of the episode, so I'm gonna give it uh, give it one last shot here and give you a score. It it is very good, very good for any listeners we have down uh, south west Georgia. Uh, if you can make your way over to Savannah to Two Tides Brewing Company, I would definitely recommend south it. Southeast Georgia, southeast Georgia. Yeah, I guess that eight and a half percent is. Uh, is staying true. Uh, apologies. Sheesh. Sheesh. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm gonna give it a. I, I'm gonna give it a seven six. Seven point six. This is a strong one. It's not as strong as some uh, double IPAs I've had, but uh, I will give it props. I ate dinner um, about three hours ago. That eight and a half percent is gooch, Gucci. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. I'm good. It is coming. I'm good for you at eight and a half yes. percent. Yes, Hydrus, Two Tides Brewing Company. So, anyway, that's all I got. That is a wrap on this week's episode of After the Snap. Follow us on social media at After the Snap Pod. Instagram, Twitter, all of the above. We are working on merch. We are working on new updated stickers with the new logo with 44 on it. We are also working on what's what what other merch should we do? We got to do t-shirts. If you'd like if I 
I have a bunch of stickers. If anybody wants a sticker, uh, DM us on our socials and I'd be happy to send you one. Sure. But we are also working on, you know, some basic merch stuff, coffee mugs. Oh, can we do, can we do blankets? Blank. We we can do blankets. Can we do like a full, full on life shirts? Can we do like a full on life touch catalog? Like, like they used to send home with uh, school photos. Like, oh yeah. Yep. We need to do. Yeah, we'll get we'll get the whole nine. We'll get the whole nine. We'll start mailing catalogs because that's how people get the word out these days. Anyway, this has been after the snap. Tales from two brothers who live life upside down.